completely disturbing uh, both my flatmates are probably trying to chill in the rooms right now i apologize guys uh, but more specifically welcome to the fourth and forever podcast my name is stuart bothell and i am joined as ever by my offensive mvp darren butter how's it going darren it's good mm. it's good how are you i'm not too bad thanks man i'm back at work a couple of days and everything but not, not stopping from getting caught up in some of the best wild card action that i can remember and also the Seahawks played the Eagles. <laughs> you jinxed that game. How? By putting up the post about Kirk Cousins before that game started. Which which one? You said that this is already the best wild card round ever. Oh, yeah. You yeah. like jinxed the next game so badly. Oh, you, you think you think yeah. that jinxed it? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, obviously, the, the, the aspect I was alluding to was maybe because of a certain team being eliminated and... Uh, like an incredible end to, to to both games prior to that, so I wasn't uh, aiming for any jinxing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so good to see the the back of the tyranny of Josh Allen. And yeah, the, so glad to see him season, gone. Yeah, so glad to see them. <laughs> them They've just been too dominant away. for for too long. Yeah. <laughs> all those wins in the playoffs have had since nineteen ninety five. Yeah, all none. None of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bills fans. Uh, so yeah, spoiler alert. Um, God, that'd be a wide-reaching podcast if we had Bills fans. Yeah. If you listen to this and you are a Bills fan, please let us know because I just want to see how the metrics yeah. <laughs> work to get someone who's a Bills fan. Yeah. Or if you're a fan of any NFL team, just let us know. Like you know, just just talk to us. Send us an email. Put something up on the on the Facebook page. Anything. We're, we're interested to hear what it is that you guys have to say. We'd love to voice your opinions. Uh, do give out some mentions to some of uh, some of my, my good friends back home a lot and stuff. So just get get everyone else out there. Yeah, do it. Anyway, should we just dive right into what happened during the course of the wildcard games this week? Yes. Cool. And we can talk about some uh, news and things later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so the first game we're going to talk about is the uh, Houston Texans come from behind dramatic overtime victory versus the Buffalo Bills. And um, yeah, in terms of there being a game of two halves, this was the quintessential like game of two halves. Buffalo looked pretty in control, not like you know running away with it in the first half, but Houston had something like sixty-five yards total offense at the end of the first half, and um, just seemed to be going nowhere. But um, then Houston just started clawing the way back in, and Deshaun Watson started doing some marvelous, marvelous things. Yes. It was um, it was a very impressive performance from from uh, Deshaun Watson, and 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 we did watch this game together. We watched it with someone who doesn't um, know a lot about the NFL, and he was asking us if the game was done. Because mm-hmm. I think if you don't watch a lot of NFL and you see a game that's what thirteen nil at the half or something, yeah, sixteen nil, mm-hmm. that seems like ridiculous to come back from and to be fair i think the houston texans were giving like nine percent or something to come mm. back after i like I, to, I think i told craig it's like half. about half time the, the odds were were probably about like 33 less than 30 percent that the texans could make a game of this 
uh, but make a game of it, they did. Was it the Texans or was it the coaching of the Bills? I think it was a bit of both, but it was also the um, maybe maybe the stage being just too big for Josh Allen and him feeling the pressure perhaps in that second half when he's like, okay, now we've got this lead, we need to keep doing something. Yeah, and you could, you could see, yeah, and you could see it in the desperation that he had towards the end of the game with his silly lateral pass. To um to his lineman who ended up having to bat the ball up out of play. Was it like his third. It was, I think it was his third tight end. He was only meant to be there to block. Was, yeah, it was just something stupid. Strange. He was like, "What the hell's going on?" And he just bats out of bounds. Someone from PFF put up a comparison of Sonny Bill doing it and Josh Allen doing it, <laughs> and it was actually like some Muslim was like, "This is really good technique for a one-armed offload." Mm-hmm. Don't know why he's doing it. But <laughs> But it was actually a really got it up. Like, to be fair, when he did that mm-hmm. offload, the tight end was there, mm-hmm. but he obviously didn't even communicate that he was even going to do anything with mm-hmm. it because the tight end stopped playing when he threw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he wasn't aware of it because it's not something that you're looking out for as a player in this sport. Yeah, it's like in this era. Anyway. Yeah. It's like taking a like a pitching wedge to a tennis match, and, <laughs> and like you hit this perfect shot into the into the back corner. But it's like no, you, you can't do that. Can't <laughs> it's it's not going to work wedge. in this. Um, but yeah, like Josh Allen, like let's break it down a little bit. In the first half, looked pretty good. It wasn't fantastic all the way through, but certainly if that first drive was anything to go by, where he caught a touchdown from John Brown, That's who, by the way, showed him how to throw a touch pass. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was looking really good, um, and uh, Devin Singletary had a pretty good game too. Uh, Josh Allen had ninety two yards rushing, so we, we, it kind of looked like they might be able to just grind it out. But then in the second half, things just really slowed down for them. The uh, Houston defense stepped up quite a bit. Um, a lot of people are crediting uh, the JJ Watt sack to take them out of, uh, was it taking them out of field goal? No, no, just to force a field goal yeah. rather than a touchdown was the turning point for them. And it could well be, it certainly helped prevent a touchdown um, and, uh, and and force the field goal. And then it was a sequence for the, uh, the Texans where it was uh, touchdown, field goal, touchdown in order to tie the game. I mean, it's, it's, it's ruthless, ruthless efficiency. Yeah. And it's, it's efficiency that they didn't have earlier on in the game. But when the game is on the line, Deshaun Watson's a, a born winner. And you gave uh, our friend Craig the, the, the stat of uh, before, was it before this season? Like, before Deshaun the Watson... Cowboys playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd never, Cowboys, Cowboys and Seahawks, like, t- like a year ago, he'd never lost a game in his whole life by more than seven points. Isn't that Colts? Colts. Yeah, Colts, mm-hmm. sir. I know. Andrew Luck taught him a few a few things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he'd never lost a game by seven, more than seven points through his high school, collegiate, and first year in the NFL. Incredible. Incredible. And uh, we've yet to even touch on the most incredible play of this game. Uh, and the suddenly, start of the first second half. Uh, which one was that? <laughs> he threw the ball to the ref. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, so that I, was, okay, you can talk, talk about that one first. Right. <laughs> I have listened to... This is how... I'm on holiday, by the way. Um, to, <laughs> I had to that. Qualify that. <laughs> Three or four podcasts since the games, and every single podcast has said that technically that should have been a touchdown. No. 
but because in the spirit of the rule, they've mm. said that it's not a touchdown. It's a, from from what I've uh, read, uh, it's supposed to be a case of he clearly gives himself up to the referee. He he looks at him, he like the thro- throwing the ball to the referee is him clearly saying I'm I'm giving myself up on this play, and it's just accepted that if you do that in the end zone, it's fine. It's, it's good. It's probably not actually written down anymore. Mm. It's the spirit of the rule, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it would have been really stupid had it, <laughs> yeah, it would not have gone that way. Yeah, that would have been a real... NFL, like, no, wait, we've got like 25 million people watching. Please don't just, just 25 million. Stop for the second half. Um, yeah, that would have really swung it. Such a strange... We weren't even paying attention. We turned back. Like, well, the, the, the coverage team wasn't paying attention because they cut it down to uh, Tracy Wolfson or whatever on the sideline. And then she's like in the middle of giving a sideline report and goes, um, what? And then it just cuts back and then the cameraman above is like, whoa, Jesus. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's something crazy going on in the end zone. And um, yeah, and then eventually they go back and look at it and say, nah, come on, this is a bit silly now. Let's just, uh, can you imagine what would have happened if they decided otherwise and said like, well, technically... You know, the, the referee comes out and goes, well, sorry, guys, but technically it's a touchdown. Like, no, you can't. I can't think do it that. would be shit. <laughs> yeah, it would be really bad. But Because he has, if he's given himself out then from, up then from the ball, would it would be more likely to be a safety than an actual touch. Or mm, I guess because it's no. a true recovery than it is. No, because it would be, be a safety if he came out of the end zone and went mm. back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been a cluster. Because you have to start with, from out with the end zone before you go back in for it to be a safety. But yeah, no, the, the real, true, incredible <laughs> play that I was talking about was, um, uh, was it in overtime or was it to... No. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, it was, it was in overtime. Yeah. So um, the like Texans started with the ball, uh, ended up punting it to the Bills. The Bills ended up punting it back to the Texans. Uh, Texans started driving and... Uh, Watson takes a snap about the 50-yard line or whatever, drops back. Looks like he's going to get absolutely like cut in half by one guy. I think it was maybe Trent Murphy. And then Matt Milano's coming in the other side and um, takes two savage hits. But it's almost as if one corrects the other and he just keeps himself up. The, the fact that he could do that, just stay standing after those two hits and spins out of it. Uh, and just launches the ball down uh, to the, to the sidelines to um, uh, uh, Taiwan Taiwan Jones. Yes. Uh, who then proceeds to like <laughs> like run pretty much clear through the middle of the Buffalo Bills defense uh, for about another thirty yards, and uh, it puts them right in field goal range. They don't mess around or anything afterwards. They don't think about running it to get to the middle or anything where you could fumble. And just Kenny Fairburn came out and kicked the kicked the winning field goal in overtime. But that um, Deshaun Watson plays one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Yeah, I like how NFL.com explains it. Do it. D. Watson passed short right to T. Jones to Buffalo ten <laughs> for thirty four yards. <laughs> K. Johnson, J. Phillips. <laughs> they didn't Sounds really dramatize good. that. No, they don't. Not. At least, oh, but, oh, there's a highlight video attached to it. Yeah. You go and look at that, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a, a, a wonderful play from, uh, like I say, a, a born winner who, for the first half, was doing nothing, but for the second half was totally explosive. Um, okay. Credit where it's due. The Bills' defense in this one was excellent. They sacked Watson seven times. Um, they were after him all day, but you just get 
ground down eventually. And if your offense isn't keeping your nose out in front, you can't do anything about it, can you? Yeah, it's it's a shame for Josh Allen that he he really went missing in the second half, and they kept cutting mm. to him, and it looked like he was in shock. He just he didn't have a very <laughs> look of someone who had to captain a offensive unit. No, he just white as a sheet. Looked like someone had got to him, or something had gone wrong, and. You know who can relate to that and probably put a hand around the shoulder and tell him it'll be okay? Who? Deshaun Watson. Mm. Because Deshaun Watson for the last two seasons has been absolute, not always his fault, but has been pretty bad in the playoffs mm. and has been made but, to run for his life. Yeah, in, in previous seasons he was being made to run for his life because the offensive line was so bad. The offensive line has been one of the better ones this season. And in, and this, in this game, though, Deshaun Watson in the first half took sacks. He didn't need to. Yeah. He was holding on to the ball too long. Yes, wasn't exactly. Actually exactly. That's what I was getting on to. He's, he's, he's still running about too much, causing sacks for himself rather than it being the fault of the offensive line. Um, but, um, yeah, when, when he needs to get rid of the ball... He does it, and he does it with incredible accuracy and uh, touch and everything else. Whatever needs to happen on that throw, he can do it. And it's, it's just super fun to watch. Yes, I was mm-hmm. colour me impressed. Jim. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, of course, uh, with this, uh, Deshaun Watson surpassed a particular player for the second most career postseason passing yards in franchise history. Who do you think that player was, Darren? Oh, the Texans. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it too hard. David Carr? No, it was Brock Osweiler. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Savage? (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. um, Do you think why they just don't buy the rights to the Oilers and incorporate that franchise history into this franchise history? Interesting to go back that way again. they don't have a lot going on. No. (laughs) Since they started, not not yet, but like you know, that that'll be a bit like um, Sevco coming back and seeing their Rangers. It's not the same. Anyway, uh, shall we the move Browns? on? Shall <laughs> we move on to uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, coming up on top over the Philadelphia Eagles, seventeen to nine. Um, this was the lesser of all the games, so I just want to get it out of the way now. I think. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't that good. Um, but the game was kind of ruined early on because Carson Wentz was knocked out after only attempting four pass, passes. Uh, concussion protocol. So then Josh McCown comes out and McCown wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, he did what he needed to do, but they just... Um, well, he didn't. He didn't win. No, they did what they <laughs> needed to do to get into the position to score. But mm-hmm. If someone hasn't played, it it really speeds up in the red zone. Yes. And they just had nothing. Mm. I mean, um, if they'd had a few more weapons mm. deep, like, you know, players that they could actually throw the ball to, they might have tried a few longer passes. What are you talking about? They had, they had uh, Greg Ward and Deontay Burnett there, so... If they'd had more weapons, <laughs> then maybe they could have taken a few deep shots from McCown, who's known to hit a few of them this mm-hmm. time, rather than needing to squeeze the field. Because they just kind of ran into the end zone, and then they couldn't really ran into the red zone and couldn't really get into the end zone. They didn't have the, you know, the two-point conversion-style plays to actually... Yeah, get it in there. Get it in. And, yeah. And there was a few times in this game near the end where Doug Peterson kind of Doug Peterson himself. I think there was a fourth and four in the 30, between the 30 and 40 with the best kicker in the league. They probably could have got three points, made it a one-score game. Because mm. this idea to say, oh... 
we haven't converted any red zone possessions yet, <laughs> but we're going to get a two-point conversion. Well, you had you had to try and everything. But... but if they'd got that three point and then done what they did, they would have only needed the touchdown or the six points to win the game rather than needing eight points and it changing their clock, their whole mentality around that last few minutes. Was, mm-hmm. I don't know. There was a few occasions they went for it when they could maybe have taken a couple more field goals and got a bit closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, given the circumstances, um, you just got to take whatever points are available to you there and hope that you can keep putting yourself in that position. But they were getting to a point where they were just backed into a corner. And um, once Russell Wilson hit DK Metcalf on that 53-yarder to uh, get their noses well out in front in the third, um, the the Eagles had to try and do something. Um, Yeah, well, when we did the draft coverage, I think the the three main ones we got wrong were Jawan Taylor, Greedy Williams, and DK Metcalf. Mm. And I don't really... So Taylor's a lineman for one of the worst teams in the league, so you're not going to hear much about him. Mm. <laughs> but Greedy Williams, he's not been great at man-to-man, which is meant to be his forte, but that team has not been very good. And then DK Metcalf, he's playing like a top 10 pick. I don't... Like, what happened in between two weeks before the draft when he was... Going to go number seven to the Bills, ironically. Uh, no, that was to the... Oh, some people said Bills. Some people Bills said and Jags. Jags, yeah, yeah. So it would have been nine or seven mm-hmm. to the Bills or Jags. And they end up going, what, 65th or something? Yeah. Um, to the Seahawks. He had an, like, he's had an incredible season for, for a rookie. Um, he's done everything he said he was going to do and everything he looked like he was going to do from his tape. It's yeah, like nine, 900 yards, 15 been... and a half possession. So 15 and a half um, yards per catch. Um Seven touchdowns. He's a he's a deep threat. He's a he's a jump ball guy as well. He's a monster. And um, I think, well, perhaps we were also guilty of believing that just because he couldn't turn at the combine, that he wasn't going to be. A, but he was making some decent plays in the flat in he's, this he's, game. I think he's like he... maybe received some coaching on that or something to to help him get out of his breaks quicker. Um, you think if you're getting paid something like it's probably like five million this year or something. It's like, well, all you do is play football. So if you have a coach that's teaching you Pilates and teaching you how to like move your hips and get into the right stances to it's cut, all in the hips, then you should get better at it. And if you can't get better at it, then I don't know what you're doing because it's like your whole job is to get better and mm-hmm. be the best you can be. So I'm sure the Seahawks being like, right, okay, I need you to. Hit these lines in three seconds and turn around. And hit these zags in three and a half seconds and split. And he's probably worked with Russell Wilson after practice for hours and hours and mm-hmm. he's come up big. Well, be probably won't, I don't know if it'll be enough in the next mm-hmm. round, but it's been enough to get them this far. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. D- DK Metcalf's only 22 years old still. Yeah. That's just crazy. That's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, and uh, it was so it was 163 yards and a, and a score. Uh, I, Russell, I, Russell honestly, Wilson. I really like this boy. Like, on Twitter, he copies and pastes all of the um, Seahawks like fan zine mm-hmm. posts about the game and that. He like retweets them all, and he like retweets all his like teammates and comments on fans like <laughs> stuff. And it's like one day that might come back to bite you if you've had a few bad games but he's just obviously loving it yeah and well, I, I really like DK Metcalf I'm so happy to be 
I'm not going to say proven wrong, but um, I'm so happy to see him doing as well as he is because he's clearly a, a phenomenal specimen and he's also seemingly a pretty good human. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to root for someone like that? Um, someone else on the Seahawks who people wanted to be rooting for is Marshawn Lynch and he did nothing. Uh, he, he, looked, he got a touchdown, was a, but he looked oh, very, very pedestrian. There was a screen pass to him where he looked like he was holding a camera or something. And yeah. It just didn't look like he belonged at all. No. Um, kind of like when Josh Allen threw the jump ball to the fullback. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a silly one. <laughs> <laughs> like the... Oh, oh, he's got a funny... Like, oh, it's gone. Okay. Oh, well, the, Marino or something. No. What? I'm trying to think about the fullback for the no, never mind. Fullback for the who? For the Bills. Uh, Demarco. Demarco. That's yeah, it. yeah. Patrick Patrick Demarco. Um, so yeah, the Seahawks running game is really nothing without Rashad Penny, uh, Chris Carson. Maybe a uh, quarterback that can get 100 yards. Yeah. Well, Russell Wilson ran for 45 yards in this one and was by far their leading rusher. Uh, Travis Homer. Homer. Uh, had 11 carries for 12 yards, and Marshall Lynch had six carries for seven. So that's pretty damn woeful. That's like almost as bad as Saquon Barkley was in that one game this year. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they just um, didn't do so great. Tyler Lockett had a half-decent game. He got involved a bit. David Moore had a couple of uh, a couple of big catches. Um, but you don't believe that Seahawks are going to be long for this no. tournament, surely. Because of the situation with the injury to Wentz and the Eagles being banged up, and it kind of led to more questions on the Seahawks than it did to like yeah. answers on the Eagles. Considering just... how much they had going for them in this game, obviously minus their running back room issues. Um, they really didn't pull away. No. It, unlike it didn't help that they had yeah, like that going on. It was just everything... that could possibly go wrong for the Eagles has gone wrong for them this season but they still managed to scrape through with nine wins I think considering all of the crap they've had to deal with nine wins is actually pretty impressive yeah and um, I, I really feel for, for Josh McCann who was um, spotted in floods of tears at the end of the game because this was his first playoff appearance uh, and he's over 40 and he was just he absolutely was distraught on ESPN six months ago yeah like He's, a, he's one of the good guys, and I, I wish him all the best for what he does going forward. But um, Did you want to say anything on the Clowney hit? Now, I'm not sure, because it, like Wentz was already kind of going down for it, and it just kind of looked unfortunate, I think. Yeah. But it, it was his helmet hitting Wentz's helmet, but, help, but Wentz was a runner at this point, right? Yeah. Mm. I, listened I, to- I, don't, I certainly don't think it was dirty. I listened to um, Chris Long talk about it, and he was saying it was really similar to a couple of plays that he'd made on Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick or something, <laughs> um, where you can tell someone's intent by their hand position because mm-hmm. to think that Clowney doesn't know what he's doing, yeah, it goes against everything you know about athletes in football. Yeah. So you think it's going bang bang, it's really quick, but athletes. The reason they, they don't think break their neck back. every yeah. play is they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that the fact that Clowney didn't have his arms out to brace mm. suggests that he was in a missile position, mm. which has a like, it's like a, oh, it's, like I a get bur- well, yeah. it's called burying or something. Mm. Like it's yeah, like, yeah, well, you, it's you're, a technique. You're, you're, you're supposed to do your best to not bring your full body weight down yeah. the quarterback. If you're doing that for a sack, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like if you're, I mean, there's been people who've been called for for far worse 
than that. In the end, it would have been a what a fifteen yard penalty, mm. and Wentz would still have been out of the game. Yeah. So it it wouldn't have really probably affected this game in any way. But it, it wasn't wasn't great to see. But um, yeah, like ultimately, it it was still fast enough, and it was just just unfortunate that Wentz's position was where it was where he was. So he hit he is hit in the back of the head, then immediately hits the turf, and it's just that's just unfortunate, and it, it's that snap and that bang. I wonder if he has some, no luck. That guy. Some um, teams or franchises may have um, hidden that fact hmm? to play in the playoffs. Oh, some some teams might have had that. Might have uh, might have not not pulled him out of the game. And... I seem to remember there was a, um, a a famous model who married a, a quarterback for uh, a team from New England. Who uh, suggested that in one game that both their wide receiver and their quarterback both had concussions and they never left the game. Hmm, funny that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the Seahawks move on in this one and. Uh, They'll face the Green Bay Packers next week. I should also mention that the Houston Texans will be facing Kansas City Chiefs next week. So we'll get onto those games later on. Um, and then moving on, and we have another heartbreaker for the Saints against the Vikings. Um, just, you must really be hurting as a, as a Saints fan. Um, I, I realise I've got an email from uh, our, our good friend Jim Rickaby detailing just how pained he was by, by this, but... I think the, the one thing that he took solace from was that it wasn't just one big play that they scored the touchdown on. It was, you know, the, the, <laughs> it wasn't so, like, egregious. It just felt really another horrible way to lose it. Especially when, through the course of this game, Taysom Hill was just being so entertaining to watch. And, to my mind, was probably the best quarterback on the field when he was playing. Yeah. And you think you're at home... In the Super Bowl, or the, sorry, the Super Superdome, Dome, yeah. and the best player on your, well, the second best player on your opposing team fumbles the ball on the first drive, mm-hmm. and you get a field goal and you're free now up, you kind of feel like the way the Saints have been this year, they shouldn't have looked back on that. That should have been enough for them to kind of get the, the drive to... Really take it away because we were talking about this game being like forty fifteen if Cook mm. never played. Like the Vikings did really well. Their defense was really good in this one. Yeah, a couple of them. They were they were giving Breeze really the short at, stuff. That really weak at cornerbacks, so their safeties and linebackers were playing out their skin to, mm. to make those uh, interceptions and sacks and stuff to get them get them good field position. Yeah, Harrison Smith and and Anderson Deho were there. Anthony Barr was. Uh, Man possessed too. Uh, Everson Griffin, Daniel Daniel Hunter, both getting a second half each as well. They but they were getting in Breeze's face. But that that forced fumble in overtime was sorry sorry before overtime was in the fourth quarter. Um, really took the game out of the Saints' hands. Um, yeah, just there, there's some some serious momentum shift in this one. Like the, the, the Vikings got out to a pretty good start. It was looking like it was going to be a bit of a it could have potentially been quite a big, high-scoring game uh, from the, the the second sorry second quarter onwards, but then yeah slowed down a little bit, uh, and then the Vikings took control uh, before the Saints came back in the in the fourth quarter. But that that ten points, the the Saints must have felt that that should have been fourteen rather than ten. They they just made like some some dreadful mistakes to prevent themselves from being able to. 
seal it. Also, let's not forget that Will Lutz missed a field goal in this one early on. Yeah, which so would have like in massive game changer. Space of like three plays, they they um they stopped uh, Minnesota from getting into the end zone. They had to hit a a twenty you know a twenty one yard field goal to make it six ten, and then on the next play they no Breeze completely misreads a, a cover. And Anthony um, Harris gets up for the interception. That was his seventh of the year mm. as an undrafted free agent um, from Virginia. So that's pretty pretty impressive from Harris. Mm. And um, they they scored the touchdown from it. So it, yeah. it went from being potentially you know up thirteen 0 to being losing thirteen ten mm. in the space of a few minutes. And they. Then they they could have been thirty now at half time and they they couldn't take advantage of the um the run back from probably the best player on oh other than Taysom Hill there other it was such a weird <laughs> Harris. it was such a weird game for the Saints like it mm. wasn't it wasn't Breeze and Thomas and it wasn't Kamara but it was it was yeah it was, it was their, Taysom Hill was Taysom the, Hill and best receiver kick, quarterback and runner in this kick game. returner and you know it was just yeah. their special team they 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 were good in kind of the places a- AFC kind of ways like they're not really <laughs> playing like an indoor team they're playing like a team that you know has to kind of scrape mm. to get position and they don't usually play like that mm. and it was a bit well had had the Saints team that we've seen for this last six weeks which averaged something like 35 points a game shown up then we would have expected them to win this one comfortably but they didn't, and it was the uncharacteristic mistakes that they were making was the biggest thing. Because like they had the uh, fewest giveaways in a single season in NFL history with eight, um, but they, they 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 fumble in the fourth quarter was their second giveaway in the game after the the Drew Brees interception. Um, so and tur- turnovers can win ball games. Yeah. Uh, Someone put up a comparison on YouTube of T- Taysom Hill's throw. To get them the Kamara touchdown mm-hmm. and Breeze's interception, which were very similar looks. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how similar things were happening to Brady, where you got these pocket passers, the traditional way of playing the game, mm-hmm. and there's no run threat. So the same look that Taysom Hill had, the safety had spied him, so it dropped about eight yards closer in case he ran, which meant that he could get it over into one-on-one coverage. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Breeze made the same look, they didn't spy the runs. So Breeze misreads it and throws into double coverage because the guy doesn't come down. He stays with the the post route. And it's like, it seems that the NFL defense is starting to really figure out how to defend these like pocket passers now. Because mm-hmm. they've had to compete against these running quarterbacks so much that the reads are changing. Mm-hmm. So Taysom Hill's run threat meant that he could get the long ball, but Breeze's lack of a run threat meant that they could easily cover the middle mm-hmm. so that he didn't have much chance. And he was under-throwing a few there. He did look like he was in a bit of... And he's probably been a bit difficult all season after tearing his thumb. You know, it's not an easy injury for a quarterback yeah. to take. But. And some people were saying that perhaps that had something to do with his fumble because he just had his, his hand out 
Uh, and then it was, I don't know why I'm trying to show you, but, um, and then it's, it's, for me. It's, it's sort of knocked up around his shoulder and then you just see the thumb just sort of go and it slides around the ball and away it goes. But, um, yeah, them's the breaks, man. That's, uh, that's just unfortunate for, for Drew Brees and the Saints. And, um, yeah, there's some, some interesting questions about what's going to happen in New Orleans in the future because a lot of people saw this team as being a Super Bowl team. That's and five years and five seasons out of seven that they've gone out in the playoffs to a single score yeah. game. It sucks. And it's like three <laughs> in a row at home or something. It's... Oh, no, the Minnesota one was away. Uh, the Saints are now 1-10 in 10 all-time in playoff games when trailing through three quarters. Uh, their lone win came in Super Bowl uh, 30. Is that 34? 44. Manning one. Colts, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's not dwell too much on the, the sad times for the Saints and just focus on Kirk Cousins getting the monkey off his back and getting a big win yeah. in a playoff game, not not just a Monday night game. This is a, a nationally televised game. Everyone's watching this. All eyes on Kirk Cousins. He delivered, and he delivered when it mattered most with um, one of the biggest plays of the weekend, which was uh, in, in overtime. Uh, Vikings get the ball to start with. They start driving down from the 23 and uh, get to the New Orleans 45. First and 10, Kirk Cousins drops back. Hits Adam Thielen, who just breaks away from his man for 43 yards and gets stopped at the two. Uh, a couple of plays later, um, Kirk Cousins then pops it up to Kyle Rudolph the back of the end zone and it's touchdown. That Adam Thielen catch was excellent. That was probably, in fact, I think it was Troy Aikman who said that that was the best throw of Kirk Cousins' career. And it was certainly the most important. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the the touchdown, the the call at the line. Mm. to go away from the run away from Dalvin Cook and go to the fade yeah because he saw the mismatch and that's seems like a simple thing you know we got a six foot five tight end against the cornerback yeah jump ball but that's a Brady decision you know mm. that's decisions that quarterbacks make Kirk Cousins is smart and I think at this point he knew it's like well I, I have to make it now this is it we're in a playoff game and he, he, he did it he came up big yeah it's beautiful now, I don't think it was passing interference. No, I, I don't think it was passing interference either. I mean, there, there, like there was it, out. It was yeah. going on both both sides. Um, it's like technically a cornerback could just pull your arm in and hold it. Yeah, just like, like, oh, you're, like, you're pushing me. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to trying to push that off, but no, no, it's been pulled in. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, but it, it's still something that they should have at least reviewed. Oh, if they reviewed it, it would have been mayhem, no? Yeah, but they, but it's something that like that's what it's there for. The, the reviews are there to make sure that you don't make any mistakes. And I've seen far less egregious things reviewed and in some cases overturned and in some cases they leave them alone. It's that inconsistency that I don't like. Just give us some consistency uh, and we'll, we'll be happy to go with the review and then just say like, rolling on the field stands, boom, touchdown, where you go. But um, yeah, we just have to, to deal with more of that crap over the course of the offseason again. I just hope that that is the closest thing to an egregious decision that could, could cost someone a game in these playoffs because uh, I'm, I don't want to have another Saints-Rams on our hands. No. No. Another thing I didn't want us to have on our hands was the Patriots anywhere near the Super Bowl. And I got my wish, Darren. I got my wish. My wish, yay. Patriots fall to the Tennessee Titans 2013 in Foxborough. 
And um, this was 100% the Derrick Henry show. He just absolutely ran all over them. Ryan Tannehill only had 42, sorry, 72 yards passing in this game. But it's all he needed because Derrick Henry ran the ball 34 times for 182 yards and a score. And it uh, just looked amazing. Yep. And after all that, it still looked like New England were going <laughs> to get the field goal. Yep. And they got it with, what, four minutes left? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, they're not giving the ball up now. Yeah. But, but, they they did. They did. The Titans managed to hang on. And um, when they eventually uh, got the the Patriots all the way back to their their own end zone and uh, forced an interception, uh, we were dancing around. And then with seven seconds left to go, went, wait a minute, there's still seven seconds to go. And that's Tom Brady on the other side there. And... Um, we were trying to explain to Craig, it's like, no, you can't say that this is over yet. Because <laughs> we've seen it happen way too many times. The boys should have sat down now. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then he could have just run the clock out. Um, well, it just, just meant that we got to jump up and down and celebrate and hog just that little bit more. <laughs> um, I I just, I love Rabel doing a Belichick and oh, milking the clock. Thank you, Mike Rabel. That was so You're good. a national treasure now. 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 Um... <laughs> Yeah, the Titans were pretty good, like DeMarco Martin. They have players in positions that are all really decent players, and they um been a bit... They're in a division that no one really pays attention to, and they seem to finish 9-7 every year, and people kind of mm-hmm. you know, forget about them a bit. But Yeah, well, like th- this 9-7 was a totally different 9-7 to their previous 9-7s, because they've had the hottest offense in the league for the last two months. And uh, they looked really good value for it, but like they were coming up against like unquestionably a, a good New England Patriots defense, right? Um, but uh, the, there was just just too too much power there for the Patriots to handle, and um, Tom Brady just looked nothing like you'd expect of, of Tom Brady in in the playoffs. I think it's it's just a continuation of the last two months of the season from him, where he's not been very good. It's hard to to tell with him as well if it's the just absolute lack of faith in the weapons around him. Mm. If Edelman's not there and Burkhead's not available, then he's just thrown it away. He's not even. Doesn't look like he's trying to hit, you know, such stars as let's let's go for it. Benjamin Watson, Sony Michelle, Philip. It's just it's not what you'd expect from the Patriots. Like, and, and Edelman was problematic in this game as well. He had some yeah. drops, um, including uh, in the fourth quarter where they had an opportunity to, to drive down the field and Edelman dropped an easy first down that was right in the hands. It's, again, very uncharacteristic. Uh, and, yeah, it's just it's just a, a, a mess there. Brady can't throw outside the numbers, and when he can, they're, they're being dropped. It's a, it's, it's a team... It's, it's, a very weak twelve and fourteen, yeah. certainly on offense. Defense still like I'm not not questioning their their heart there. They did everything that they needed to do in this game, uh, apart from stop the run. Um, but if you hold a team to what was at the time um, uh, t- uh, fourteen points, then you'd be expecting Tom Brady of all people to be able to go down the field and surpass that. Didn't happen. There were some weird calls in this game, though, like with um, especially on the the last punt from the the Titan, who the 
second to last punt. Mm, yeah, we thought when that they was didn't funny, yeah. have any one back to receive it, and it ended up being stopped at the one. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what are you trying to do? Like, you just want don't want any time to come off the clock, but then you put Brady in an impossible situation with mm. a, a bat, well, not might be banged up running back, well, not very good running back, mm. and very weak weapons. And what happens? He over pitches it, and they get an interception straight away. I think he was um, maybe thinking along the lines of if if they're going to punt it up there, it's more than likely going to end up in the end zone for a touchback, which is fine. And if it doesn't, we, we want that extra guy to, to rush the punter because that's the way that we can actually potentially get something. If you play the numbers up front because you're desperate at that point, just do it. Yeah, I think, think that might be the way that they were thinking about Such it. Such a good punt. It's a very to be overmanned in the rush and be able to put it in the five in the five yards. Yeah, I think was that was a Britain Colquitt. Uh, uh, no, it was Falk or um, no. no Brett Kern. Brett Kern. Yeah, yeah, of course it's Brett Kern. Of course, of course. Oh, I know all these punters. Um, but yeah, um, Ryan Hanhill does it again after the Miami miracle last year. Um, like since 2001 only Peyton Manning has won more games head to head versus Tom Brady than Ryan Tannehill that's five enough to give him a five year hundred million dollar contract <laughs> well we'll see um, I think if he continues playing as he is he's playing himself into a, a, a good contract um, but yeah I think that the game plan from Tennessee here was perfect it was just can we run it with Derrick Henry yes we can okay let's just keep doing that like Keep the ball away from those guys on the on the perimeter. Uh, you don't need to force the ball into AJ Brown, who I think like worked as like a great decoy in yeah. this game because people were expecting it to go him. So they just stuck Stefan Gilmore on it, and then just moved him well out of the play. So don't don't worry about it. Yeah, and um, they had a like their game plan was you know excellent, and they also had um, you know Kenny Vaccaro playing out of the skin and um, obviously getting Adoree Jackson back at mm-hmm. cornerback helped. Very important. And then you had, um, you know, Kevin Byer just, it seemed like, and it must be a really difficult job to be the safety in the position Kevin Byer plays because you're the strong safety. So you're getting the dregs, you're getting when the running back's broken mm-hmm. the line. and But he made every tackle. He had five tackles in this game. Like, Sonny Michelle was not duking past Byer for more than a couple of yards. No. <laughs> And he was blocking and making tackles just before, like, you know, on third and tens. And they just weren't getting their first downs they needed to keep the clock moving because they just didn't have the game Tennessee had. Tennessee mm-hmm. had a guy who was running five yards to carry. Now, five times three is 15. So you're very likely to get... Oh, the calculator's out here. <laughs> very likely to get first downs when someone's hitting those numbers. So, mm-hmm. so um, it was very impressive. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, New England. I'm just. Yeah, no, I think uh, the, the overwhelming like what, what I'm taking from this game is an overwhelming happiness. <laughs> uh, just because um, I think of all the teams left. Yeah, I think of all the teams left now. Uh, I think only KC were in the divisionals last year. I I look at this game and I just I haven't overwhelmed like I'm I'm happy for like the competition that. The Patriots aren't going to win it again. I think. Yes. Having a new winner. That's exactly my. The Eagles are out. Patriots thoughts. are out. Falcons aren't there. So you're looking at over the past. <laughs> so you have to well, shape the Falcons into that one. Ball. Come on. But like over the last four years or so, the Rams aren't in it. So we don't have Falcons a, fans. That was a low blow right there. <laughs> we're going to have a new Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We have a new champion, oh, and it's good for the sport. Yeah. And 
I just have a feeling with New England that I don't think they were a playoff team. I don't think they were good enough to be nope. where they were. That 12-4 and four record uh, definitely flatters them. They were, if they'd they, been they, in they, the they, NFC yeah. East or NFC West or something, they would have won half of those games. Yeah, they started red hot, quote-unquote, early on in the season when they were playing the likes of the Dolphins early on. Uh, and then they managed to get other cakewalks like the Bengals. And even even against the Bengals, they made a total mess of it and should have lost that game. I think they only had one offensive touchdown and still managed to win by 33 points. And then the Dolphins handed it to them the other week as well. And one thing that was pointed out on one of the podcasts was that, you know, the last time they played a really good running back, was the Browns week mm-hmm. nine mm-hmm. and Chubb had like and 110 had yards mm-hmm. so they've not the most like the second most prolific running back in the league got 110 mm-hmm. yards in them Yeah. so the rushing leader gets 180 the signs were there that this team weren't going to be very good the, this year when good teams have played them it's not been a case of okay we need to stop what the Patriots are doing it's a case of what do we do best and let's go out there and do it it's just there's there's no fear of what the Patriots have for you now. They have a good defense, especially on the outside, but you can you can win against this team. You can like <laughs> uh, like apply your will to them, and they did just that with Derrick Henry. Yeah, cool, cool. So yeah, Tennessee move on, and they will play the Baltimore Ravens in the next round. Tom Brady's free agent. Tom Brady is technically a free agent. He's not even technically he is a free agent mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. of like eight o'clock on Sunday night. He's oh, a free agent. Right. Okay. So contract. Done. Boom, done. So technically, didn't even need to do the interviews. That was so done. Yeah. So let me ask you: Would you take him on the Browns? No. Cool. But I would ask take me. him on the Chargers. <laughs> would you take him on the Broncos? No. <laughs> no. Get out Can of you here. Imagine if they did. Because what are they doing? Because like, lock. That would be like the the most horrible irony if Tom Brady, like my most disliked player and ends up on, on my team imagine if he came over to Denver and won the Super Bowl what would I have to feel <laughs> just be I'm so happy for Von Miller yeah exactly <laughs> for Bradley Chubb I'll, I'll, I'll rattle through all 51 players <laughs> and say oh what about Tom Brady sorry who I'm so, so happy for my my, um, my quarterback the, the 90s man himself I'm yeah I so what you're talking about I'm so so happy for Drew Locke <laughs> But he wasn't playing. Shut up. <laughs> so happy no. that his um, performances in the last couple of weeks mm. of the 2020 season. Yeah, well, Brady said that he is pretty unlikely to retire. But we'll see. Time will tell. He's done enough, I would say. But maybe he wants one big payday. Like I say, going to the Chargers might be something. But I don't necessarily know what that would achieve. Because he just got absolutely hammered because the offensive line is garbage. Yeah, it didn't work for Dwayne Wade in the NBA when <laughs> no. Dwayne Wade decided to move because he'd been getting um, smaller contracts to help the team for so long. He decided to go and get a payday and it's trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I don't anyway, know. Um, should we just look forward a little bit to the, the upcoming games uh, next yeah. week? Um, so the first game we have, which is the Saturday 4.35 Eastern game, is the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. And um, obviously we just saw what the, the Vikings were capable of doing, uh, but we know what the 49ers have been capable of doing all season. But the, the 49ers were having some problems, it seemed, especially in the second half of the season. 
but they were still coming out with the wins. They're they're really like you know, pound it up the up the middle team. They'll, they'll use all sorts of weird looks for you. Jimmy G just doing what it is that he needs to do to win. Um, they're a proper hard knocks team, and uh, that's somewhere that the Vikings would have some problems with, perhaps. But I don't know. Is it still like do you, do you see this as being well, the, a better place to go to than uh, Lambo because of the conditions, or is it still a case of the the 49ers are still oh, way it's better? It's definitely a better travel day because you know it's the, if they were playing the Packers, it'd be the third time you played them and you've been trash in both games. So yeah. I think they're happy they're playing the 49ers, but at the same time, you're going into you know um, Palo, Palo was it Palo Alto now? Wherever they are, Santa Clara, Santa Clara, that's it. and you're having to go against a very good rushing offense but as they've shown in the last game their linebackers and safeties were excellent against the saints mm-hmm. so who says they aren't going to be excellent against the 49ers and then yeah i'm not, I'm not I, I don't i don't know how this game can go will go if it goes well you know the matt breda mossart running the clock down garoppolo doing what he needs to do then you'd expect the 49ers to win but it's no, all it takes is a couple of interceptions or a hard hit on Garoppolo and a fumble and suddenly it's 14-3 to the Vikings and they're in a hole. And I see this as being a close game. Yeah. Like, um, the, the, the the Vikings just did what they did against the Saints in the, in the Superdome, no less. That's a hard, hard place to go and play. Uh, and for the most part, they look pretty decent. And San Francisco, if you, like, if you look at the stats, they've... They, they, they look great as a whole, but in the second half of the season, they've not been quite the same team as they were before, but they've been winning the close games. Um, like like the one against Seattle on the, the last play of the regular season, effectively, in order to, to clinch that division. It was, um, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I still like the 49ers to win this one, but again, a close one. Um, I'd probably put this one down as something like... Oh, 22-24 to San Francisco. Okay. Thoughts? Um, I tend to agree. I I don't know if we're undervaluing San Francisco's wins because two of them were close ones against the Seahawks. And mm-hmm. They've had a hard schedule. They've had a, hard and they've hard had a week off mm-hmm. and they're at home. They've, they've had a hard schedule, but they are now playing against a hard team. So it's... it's this one's good. so tough. Yeah. It's really, really tough to call. I think you have to go with the 49ers just trying to move away from the whole recency bias. You know, mm. We haven't seen them in a week. And I say this with like Green Bay, people are just forgetting Green Bay exists because they haven't played like, they didn't play <laughs> last week. And it's like, you're still playing at Lambeau. This is the, hard, this is the hardest game to call this week, I would say. I would love... Cousins to do it. Well, what about Jimmy G? Well, he's got more time. Oh, okay. So you're you you prefer the Vikings to win this one. Is that what you're saying? I prefer them to win. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but then, if they have to play the Packers and the, <laughs> they're going to get trounced. Mm. The the issue is that Minnesota are absolutely terrified of, at uh, you know, Rogers and they're they can't play it. They've been horrible at Lambeau. So, mm-hmm. Vikings to kind of play with house money here, and oh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't call it. <laughs> Just, but what do you think the score think, might be, maybe? I think because of the running game, it'll be low. So I'd probably say 21 or 2017 to San Francisco. Okay, so you heard it here first, folks. It's going to be a 60 points to 53 <laughs> slobber knocker. After the ball. <laughs> No. Depends on how well the rush, the run, the rushing defense of each team plays. Because mm-hmm. if they're running it thirty times, then it shouldn't be that high, unless they're breaking off fifty-yard runs like San Francisco have been doing. Mm-hmm. But like, look at the, the the league rankings. San Francisco are second in defense and fourth in offense. Yeah, they've been really good. They were they were incredible, especially like earlier on in the season. But they they are they've definitely faded away. Nick Bosa has not been quite as disruptive, but he's still up there. Um. Yeah, the, the, like I would still want San Francisco to win this one because I think that in the other NFC game it's going to be Green Bay who are going to win. Yeah, and I think that Minnesota can't win in Green Bay, and Green Bay can't win in San Francisco, and I think San Francisco are the better team for the NFC now. Yeah. So that's where that's where I want so it. You're to putting go. your champion forward. Yeah, I'm putting my 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 champion for the NFC right now. Putting my putting my flag in the dirt. As, as Nick Bosa would, and I'm saying San Francisco for the the NFC in the Super Bowl. You know, it was Baker that did that. It wasn't. Yeah, like, it wasn't but, Bosa. That yeah, but I'm, I, but I'm talking about Nick Bosa now, who okay. stole that from Baker or parried parodied it, not steal, not steal. Okay. Well, as Baker said, it's been two years. Someone must have been thinking about it. Mm. Oh, so who's that Baker guy? I don't know. <laughs> I've not, not seen him do anything in the league this year. Um. Okay. So we called that one. And next up is uh, oh boy, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. So, um, my darling of last week, the Tennessee Titans, having to go into Baltimore to face that. I was going to say three-headed monster, but like Ravens run it with anyone. Like, yeah, it's just there's, it's just the the scariest offense that you could just give it to imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Well. Yeah. Um, and, they're, and they're also excellent on defense as well. They're the second-ranked offense and fourth-ranked defense, and by far the best uh, best rushing attack. And it says it says here statistically they're twenty-seventh in passing, but they only pass when they need to. Yeah. So what's the point? And also in terms of the passing touchdowns, uh, Lamar Jackson still has something like thirty-five. So last time they played was last season. It was twenty-one nil to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. That was last season. Yeah, <laughs> I, but that was against the Marcus Mariota team. I can't go against. I can't go with the recency. It, it has to be the Ravens. Mm-hmm. It has to be. And I'm going to steal yeah. your USB point. That's okay. Yeah, def- definitely has to be. Um, as much as I like the Titans, and I do like you know what Ryan Tannehill's doing and stuff, and I think that the Titans know fine well that they're going to have to go crazy in this one. They're going to have to ball out. So I reckon this is probably going to be one of the most high octane games of the week. Uh, you'll see Tannehill throwing it up to, to AJ Brown a bunch. Uh, they will still try and power it in with Derek Henry a fair bit as well, but if they fall behind early, then they're going to have a lot of work to do. What's with, is it because of the amount of time that Tannehill's had with the offense that they keep trotting out Mariota on two-point conversions? They just not had enough time on the reds because they're. It doesn't make sense because they're so. They've been like what they were what twenty out of twenty one of their last red zone visits for touchdowns. Or something. Mm. But they're bringing out Mariota on the yeah two I, point I, conversions. I'm not sure. Maybe just to give him a go. They still think that he's he's a, a bigger running threat, perhaps. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because Tannehill's an who, who, who believes he can that move as well? Yeah, he's a former wide receiver, don't you know? Oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, um, but I think we're, we're both on the same page with this one, that that Ravens team is just too good. Just because they never played for a week, you can't forget about them. No. They've been amazing. Do, yeah, do not. They um, destroyed the Steelers with RG3 with one arm tied behind his back. Mm. So I can't I can't see anything other than a Ravens win. And that's fine. I'll probably, if the yeah. Titans win, they deserve it, but I don't... Oh, think, absolutely. don't think it's going to happen. There's Scoreline. five wins in that mm-hmm. for a reason. Yes. Um, if... If Baltimore can get their defensive system right and Earl Thomas can spy Henry, this could be a blowout. And if they can't, I think it'll be close. Because mm-hmm. just, it's just all clock management in the playoffs. So if both teams have a good running, rushing um, offense, then they're going to hold the ball for time and it's not going to be a blowout. But mm. if the Titans have a few silly mistakes, then it could easily be like 30-10. Mm-hmm. But it could also be 17-15. If they don't, I'm pushing more to Baltimore really going for the juggler in this one. This is their opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I just can't see them not taking it in this round anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. They have to play the Chiefs. That's different. Mm. But against the Titans, I just can't see them not winning this. And it would have been the same for the Chiefs as the Chiefs that played the Patriots this weekend. But I can't see the Chiefs not taking it you know it's like yeah. it's your opportunity you've got to win these games mm-hmm. so in terms of scoreline for this game what are you thinking I think there'll be points so I'm going to say 27-24 to the Ravens 27-24 Ravens okay well, in that case I will go uh, 28-19 to the Ravens no 28-20 yeah 28-20 that sounds good go for that okay and uh I think that's my more conservative one. I do have other scorelines in my head, such as 35-13 is another one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it depends on how Tennessee decide to attack this game because I do think that Baltimore can kind of impose their will on offense because they're just so versatile. They can throw it up. They can run it. In any Tannehill's going to have to throw for over 300 yards yeah. like, to win this game. They can't do what they just did to the Patriots. 300 yards and three touchdowns and you're going to get somewhere. But um, and, and I think they know that and they need to be aggressive. So maybe that's what they go for and maybe it all works out for them. Well, if they come out and shotgun and they've got Dion Lewis and Henry and all, all the plays together and they're checking down and maybe, but Henry's not really a catching threat. So mm. quite one I, I can't see the Ravens losing this game, to be honest. No, no, I'm with you on that Maybe one, one year too early for the Titans. Need yeah. a couple more weapons. Yeah, but we like them and we like where they're going. Definitely would be a good idea to keep hold of this Tannehill experiment for at least another season. It's interesting to think where if they'd gone with Tannehill at the start and they'd had Lewin, what Tennessee, yeah, yeah, what their record would have been. But when you think like they the Titans, eleven win team, something like that. When you think the Titans and you're like, oh, they're not quite strong enough to beat you know Chiefs, the Ravens. Like, what? What can they? do though because mm. they've already got Derek Henry they've got a great offensive line they've got AJ Brown they've got Dion Lewis who's a Super Bowl champion hat like crossback 
where do they improve? Like they feel like such a middle of the road team that it's going to take either mm. drafting a Patrick Mahomes or <laughs> you know like or, or I, trading for a Tyreek Hill or something to really yeah. open that because like what else can they do? I, I think they could they could do with another weapon at wide receiver, and I think that their defense is um, is, is failing a little bit on them now. Uh, certainly not as good as it was earlier on in the season. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably where they could go go for it. Um, I'm really, I'm going on to next season for them already. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. In, in fact, let's reel it all back in. Uh, so we have two more games to to talk about here. Uh, the next one being the Houston Texans uh, traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Um, so the Chiefs finished twelve and four this year, despite the fact that um, they were missing uh, Patrick Mahomes Paddy, for a large chunk. Paddy and Mahomes. yeah, he's been dealing with some injuries. He's a little bit knocked up. Um, not knocked up, banged up. It's fine. Um, but um, you still really fancy this Chiefs team to hit their stride now. Um, and I guess, as always, it just depends on what Houston Texans team shows up. Is it the team from the first half of the Buffalo game? Or is it the team from the second half of the Buffalo game? I don't think it matters. I think either team is good enough to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> at head. Yeah. And it's at probably going to be snowy and frosty. It's going to be for great television, and like Mahomes doesn't ever seem to be affected by the snow or any cold or anything in general. He's a phenomenal athlete to watch, um, and uh, yeah, just with a with a full complement of players at his disposal, they're going to be very very tough to beat. And I think the one thing that separates this Chiefs team from last season, other than the fact that their offense isn't quite as good as it was last season, because that was math. crazy. Oh yeah, and that, that that defense. The fact they have a defense Frank and Tyron Matthew, Matthew is in the middle of it. Frank Clark's been decent. Um, they they they're just not bad on defense now as they were last year. And it's like another thing with their defense is they've had to really adjust because they did have to play three games with Matt Moore, and you know you're not rushing ahead in those games, so you're not getting your sack numbers and you're not getting to the quarterback because teams are running on you and playing the clock down and. Mm -hmm. because they're in the game I think uh, the stats for the Chiefs last season were a bit inflated by um, how much they were on top of teams Mm -hmm. so you get the Frank Clark trade you know um, with a boy going the other way D Ford in the other way yeah D Ford not getting his numbers and so to be honest he's not they're throwing it 40 times a game it's a a different (laughs) type of defense you have to throw it 40 times a game yeah yeah but with the Texans, I I can't see it. Like I need there's a couple of things with the Texans that's really strange is that um, Hopkins is like the fiftieth overall wide receiver in the first half, mm-hmm. and then he's like second in the second half. Yeah, and he just doesn't get the ball. And an interesting stat on Twitter saying that Hopkins has cost the Texans four timeouts this season mm-hmm. by demanding pass interference replays that have not been overturned including <laughs> in the last game mm, okay so it's like there's there's a dis, a disconnect Bill O'Brien needs to realise that yeah, there's <laughs> just a, put a pin in that yeah, there. there's a disconnect somewhere I think in some of the weapons and, and you can only go so far with just Deshaun Watson and I I think that that's to uh, Kansas City and you know you're going to go home key point though Texans will have Will Fuller back they think and that, can, that can that can change minutes. that. Yeah, probably. Before In he the gets hard, frosty ground. Crumped. Yeah, exactly. He's got bad knees. Um, hamstring. Yeah, a, yeah, hamstring, sorry. Um, 
Yeah, like he, he can be a game changer. He can be the one to take the top off the defense. It creates so much more space for uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and anyone else who's involved in that passing game. But um, I just feel like because the other two teams in Kansas City's division went 7-9 and nine and it just wasn't very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen Kansas City for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. This is them um, competitive balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. Well and rested. I just I can't see anything other than them putting up like thirty five points in this. Oh, okay, thirty five points. Fair enough. Unless JJ Watt is JJ Watt, but she was for like eight minutes yesterday. So. And that was a very important eight minutes that they, yeah. they did that. Um, okay, so who do you have winning this football? Sorry, not who do you have, but by how much do you have Kansas City winning this one? Let's say 35-17. Oh boy, you have very little faith in Houston. Um, they haven't proved it to me yet. They were losing 13-0 at halftime to the Bills. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely fair. Um, I'm going to give them a little more credit, and I'm going to say Chiefs 27, Houston 19. Oh, that's a lot more credit, yeah. Yeah. It's still not a line. It's still not a seven-point line. No, but yeah, I, I, I still see them, like, I, th- I think that when their backs are against the wall, the Texans can do something. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're going to fall behind to Kansas City. They're going to need to do something on offense. And it's going to force Deshaun Watson to start playing hero ball again. And um, that's when he's at gar- Garbage time points to get it up to one Probably. That's what, that's what I'm relying on. <laughs> I didn't say it was what you relied on in your fantasy. Yeah. Oh, harsh. But true. And it's fine. That's, um, that's how it works. It all counts. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we're both taking KC in that one. And then on to the final game of the week. And that is the Green Bay Packers hosting the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field. Um, we obviously... Both don't particularly like the Seahawks in this one, but I've never, I've not exactly been all aboard the Green Bay Packers hype train this year either. Like they've not really impressed me, despite the fact that they've got a thirteen and three record, and um, they just seem like a very middle of the road team, and that is shown up in their league rankings. They're eighteenth on offense, eighteenth on defense, seventeenth in passing, and fifteenth in rushing, and um, they just every now and again they'll come up with a big performance from Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers starts putting it all together in, in one game and then they'll they'll fall away and they'll totally fall asleep against a team like the, the Lions for uh, the vast majority of a game before just pulling out at the end. I mean, it's all well and good. They, they managed to get the wins and you can only play what's put in front of you. But I want to see more devastation from a team that has Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devante Adams... Like, well, they haven't had Devante Adams. Not, not the entire time, but they, they have had him for the majority of the season still. Um, yeah, I just want to see want to see more from from them to convince me that they're a team worthy of a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I'd say of all the teams in the playoffs, Seattle and Green Bay are the ones that have their team MVP mm-hmm. and then everyone else. I think most of the other teams have a kind of a collection, a group of really good players. But then Green Bay have... Aaron Rodgers and then everyone else and Seattle have Russell Wilson and everyone else and I think to say it's the three points for Green Bay being at home is a fair line for this game because mm-hmm. you're right the Packers are middle of the road but they've pulled it out but they've had to pull it out 
in weird games. Like, they nearly lost on the last play of the game to Kyle Allen. Yeah. And there was a lot of, you know, Kyle Allen's from Green Bay, and his whole family were there, and it was snowing, and there's a bit of a narrative to Mm -hmm. it. But they should have been winning that game by 50 points compared to how the Panthers did against everyone else in the NFC. So Mm there have been games where they haven't, come together but they've pulled out 13 wins therefore they've got a home game and I think that's going to be enough for them in this one but they really need because I can't even name a cornerback for the Packers can you name a cor- one of their cornerbacks oh, they've got their two rookie cornerbacks you've got um, Jones and Jones uh, I, can't names. Oh, I, can't, I can't remember off the top of my head right now that's annoying um, but yeah they, they're going to have to go against DK Metcalf and Lockett Mm-hmm. Like that's the big I think defensively with the Smiths they can kind of keep Russell Wilson first and second down mm-hmm. you always give up you know third downs to Russell Wilson yeah. Jair Alexander and uh, they've got Darnell Savage at safety Adrian Amos is also at safety and uh, they have Tremont Williams out there too uh, Josh Jackson's also been pretty good too so it's going to be on those guys to shut down DK mm-hmm. and Lockett. Like I think it's not bad, but they, they were playing very well early on in the season, as we saw um, when I had folks around here to watch the first game of the season. But then they fell away probably after about week five and like certainly regressed to the mean. Um, I think there was a lot of the you know the Jamal Williams being injured, Devontae Adams being injured, the offense not being able to stay on the field, and then there being more pressure on the defense through like six or seven games mm-hmm. and then yeah they don't seem to have recovered from it like when the offense was firing for Packers at the start of the season or since week two because mm-hmm. week one they didn't really fire mm-hmm. they they were able to control the game and that's what they're going to need to do in this game they're going to need to consistently stay on the field and put up points and you know who doesn't turn the ball over is Aaron Rodgers so Mm. Is he living Eight. on past glories though? No, but I think he's still a top you still five quarterback. Well, so top top five, I would say, but he's probably but at he five. Doesn't now, I think. And to be fair, we haven't really seen him in a playoff situation for a while. Mm-hmm. So he can turn it on. He knows he's got thirteen wins. He knows he's going to be in the playoffs. So a lot of the games he plays in the regular season, he does. He doesn't take chances. He, if it's not there, he'll throw it away. As, as evidenced by his four interceptions this season after yeah. his two interceptions last season. Yeah, so he'll, six before on that. third and five, if the the running back hasn't broken the slant route, he'll just throw the ball away. Mm-hmm. He won't even try. But in the playoffs, you have to you have to win this game. So mm-hmm. you have to make those throws. So this is going to be, this is either going to be, holy shit, it's Aaron Rodgers, or it's going to be, oh no. Oh no, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's not what we thought he was. And I'm leaning more to it being like, you know, Jesus Christ! We how did we forget about this man? <laughs> I do hope so because I, I want to see I want to see Pete Aaron Rodgers again. I think him it's been too long to me. Like it's funny to state of farming up, but to me, him and Mahomes <laughs> are just the most entertaining players. Like mm-hmm. from a facial expression and a like way they call the plays and the way they walk around the field. Like Lamar's great with his rushing in that, but mm-hmm. Mahomes and Rodgers have this kind of air of just oh. We have to play these guys. Yeah. So like it doesn't even need to be swagger. It's just yeah. they, they just are there and they look 
terrifying. Im- imposing, just by standing perfectly still and just. I think sometimes commanding that respect is a bit too imposing to his own team. Mm. <laughs> Apparently so. Like if, if some even, some things are to be believed, he just if someone doesn't get an easy catch, it's just like, like get out of my sight. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting anything <laughs> ever again. Um, but yeah, he has his favorites and stuff, and. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like the the, the Packers, and you, you you said you weren't so sure about their defensive backs, but to me, like they're 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 wide receivers. I'm just they, going they, because the yeah. weapons, Seahawks' strengths are their wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Packers wide receivers, they they have guys who pop up every now and again, and that's it. Like Jake Coomer will have a big game, or Jeronimo Allison will have a big game, and then he won't get a target for three weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I guess it just depends on can can all these guys step up to the plate and like be counted when it really matters and um i i I do have every faith in them to actually do this because it's a lambo uh it's against a seahawks team that's uh, depleted and they've not got a good offensive line they have no running backs um it just seems that it's all all, everything's going to be on russell wilson's shoulders they're going to be able to go one-on-one at the line because mm-hmm. you're not expecting Homer to break for a 40-yard run, and you're not Merge. expecting Lynch to get Merge. get 10 yards of carry. So they're going to be able to play tackle to offensive linemen and just straight up 4-on-4 four four or 3-on-4. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be looking at like Lockett more and the Metcalf going against all the safeties and cornerbacks you named mm-hmm. being double-teamed because they're not needing to put too much into the run defense because... Yeah. There is no run defense. Just just have Blake, just have Blake Martinez up there spying whichever running backs there. If you do the like the good enough. analytic and say we're going to give up three third downs to Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. we just accept that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just have to you need to cut the post routes, the ones over the top that break the game. You know, mm-hmm. if they can cover them and they can contain Wilson to maybe two or three runs. They don't have a running game. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to hold on to the ball. That's why the Eagles kept getting chances to come back because Seattle's plays weren't lasting eight minutes. They mm-hmm. were lasting like three minutes and they were getting either a field goal, touchdown or punting. And then the Eagles were coming right back because yeah. they couldn't see the game out because they couldn't keep the ball. They were having to throw it three times again uh, mm-hmm. and possession. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to be the same in this, except this is a much stronger defense. Yeah. And a much stronger offense. Mm. So I, yeah, I can't see anything. It it's Wilson, so it's always scary. But. That's it. Again, you never know. Like he is one of those guys. He can just take over a game, even if there's nothing going his way. Um, so if I'm the Packers, I just look to contain him. Like if you if you stop him from running, and you, you just do you want the free safety to be spying Wilson, or would you rather have what Lockett? Being double teamed, no, I probably so. have um, Blake Martinez, like the like middle linebacker, going for it. He's still pretty quick. Just watch him over the middle, just cut off any lanes, and uh, obviously if he hands it off, then you can take the running backs or whatever. But yeah, just someone, someone who should be in the middle there doing it. I don't, I don't think that you need to dedicate your free safety to that at the moment. Yeah, personally. they don't have a strong enough running rushing mm. game to yeah really. to make it a threat. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, that's about it. So what, what's the what's the score for this game? Um, twenty three twenty to Green Bay. Oh, twenty three twenty. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll I will go twenty five fifteen. I can't. I just look at this game. I just <laughs> cannot even 
tell you how happy I'd be if it was 40-10 Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers had like four touchdowns. <laughs> I'd be so happy. Yeah, I suppose me too because I'd rather see this Green Bay team go go further in this uh, this match than, than the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks have California, enough. Going, yeah, so. yeah. But I, I'm exactly. So this is why I've explained it. So Green Bay goes forward <laughs> and then they lose to San Francisco. And then everyone's happy. Well, I am anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, if if these games are as good as the wild card games were, then we're in for a treat. I can't see why they wouldn't be. Other than I think they that the Ravens, great. the AFC games could be blowouts. Mm. Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the the, the the marvelous time of the year where every game that's on is on paper uh, a, a real contest that we really want to watch. And thankfully, we're allowed to watch every single one of them back to back and back to back. At really good times of the day as well. Yeah, for the most part. Really certainly on the Sunday. Um, uh, we've got to like wait till after work on the on Monday and everything for the other ones. But um, yeah, you can watch them. You, you just have to don't don't spoil anything for me. No. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think uh, that'll about, about do it for for us there. Um, what's been going on in the news? Just we'll see if we can wrap up a, with a couple of things there. So. Uh, Cowboys got rid of Jason Garrett finally and replaced him with uh, Mike McCarthy the Green Bay Packers former head coach um, who was um, kind of saddled with um, the feeling that he was holding Green Bay back he's now there to hold Dallas back (laughs) that seems harsh Um, I think it's a good movie he's kind of guy that probably worked quite well with Jerry Jones and you know, he might... I think when you coach Rodgers for, like, what, 15 years or whatever it was, then, you know, eventually Rodgers knows your shit. And, you know, it's like having... <laughs> it's like being, you know, a teacher, you know. You have kids for a few years and then they just know that you're... They know you like. They and they don't want to learn. They're not learning anything <laughs> new. This is an opportunity for him to go into a very talented team, maybe pull out some of those old John Gruden-style, like, speeches <laughs> that... No one's heard before of the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Can a, you imagine being, he wants to like, dude, like get the team together. It's a young team. And Aaron Rodgers has been like, oh, done this before. He did this three years ago. Man. Well, Same he'll, speech. He'll, he'll, he'll go in there. <laughs> Randall Cobb will be there for the Cowboys going, oh, not again. No, he's gone. <laughs> Is he only one year? Uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought you got a decent contract out of them, didn't you? Not? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, they also managed to pick up uh, Mike Nolan, um, the Saints DC, I'm oh, sorry, uh, Saints linebackers coach, former coach of the 49ers as well. So he's got a good pedigree there as well. They're, they're trying to build a bit of a super team there in, uh, in Dallas, I guess. Really well. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. Um, so other than that, what else has been going on? Oh, apparently the Browns have requested to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. Yes, the scattergun approach of um, their interviewing is not <laughs> filling me with much confidence. Um, For Jim Schwartz and Josh McDaniels and uh, the, the the Monopoly Man and I, Ronald McDonald. Has Urban Meyer been in that building yet? No, they want Urban Meyer, but they're not going to get Urban Meyer. Um, I don't know. When I look at it, I I just I kind of really would love to see. I don't think Greg Roma, Roman works because. Greg Roman. Roman, yeah. I don't think he works because Baker's not fast enough as a runner. Mm-hmm. And it would just make Baker look even worse. If That's they why to... you get Taysom Hill in yeah, the building. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm intrigued by Robert Sala. 
Mm-hmm. I I think that discipline ex-military style. That's what they need. They need it <laughs> really badly, and you know they. You know they get the, the chance to start again, and if the defense is solid, I think their offense can pick up enough points. Like there were some games last season that the Browns just threw away. Like the Seahawks at home, they had it and they just let Russell Wilson run into the mm. end zone untouched like twice, and that was yeah, it. It's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just things. I I would hate Josh McDaniels to get it because I just don't think he's everything he thinks he is. And I just think after what he did to the Colts last year, he shouldn't be allowed to be a head coach anymore. Mm, it was pretty pretty harsh, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, they're not really worried about it. No, they're doing all right. They, they got a good guy in Frank Reich there, I think. Um, well, that's what intrigues me about Jim Schwartz, is that if it's the same kind of coaching tree and the same kind of winning mentality, then he might be pretty good. But I'd rather, if you're going to pick a defensive coordinator to be your head coach, mm. I'd much rather go for um, Robert Sala. Mm. Interesting, interesting. I, I think that Sala is the big... Hot name in everyone's lips at the moment. Uh, Jim Schwartz does have his own own pedigree. I think he was uh, he coached the Lions for for a bit and possibly a, a little bit of time with the Bills too. Um, so yeah, ha- handy guy to have around. He's definitely it's good to good to see his name getting banded about a bit because he had a, a real rough go with the Lions and uh, apparently the really well with one the positive with. for the Browns if they did get um, McDaniel's would be that. They'd probably get Casario as well, mm. who's the head of um, uh, team building for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Who apparently is that would be good. helping Belichick, but never getting the claim because it's Belichick. Mm. But Do they get he's been the... trying to leave for like two years, but he's held on a yeah certain contract held against his will. So he's been talking. I think he got was it, he talked to the Texans or something. Yeah, but they they screwed that up themselves. Texans were told they had to go for a certain channel and then mm, went back door and it got shut down completely. Mm, okay, is the Patriots videographer still going to be staying there? Or, uh, <laughs> he's getting it all. Uh, <laughs> may as well get them all. Just then. bring them all back from you know the when they're going to the Ravens. Hell, just get Bill Belichick over. Like he might be done there. So that'd be amazing. There's been all this talk about him going to the Giants or something. That'd be so good. God, it'd, imagine that. It'd be like. It would be a nice story because he never meant to leave the Browns the mm. way he left them, the yeah. way they were sold and moved. and Yeah, I, that would be... I don't think it will ever happen. <laughs> I think it would take a, an absolute billionaire meltdown from Kraft for Belichick to leave. Mm. It would be toys, buggies, thrown out the pram to the point... And it could happen... Billionaires are billionaires. Yeah. Now, he owns the team. If, if he wants Brady to stay, mm, then and that comes to an argument, then it'll mm, be Belichick that goes. If Brady stays, should that be an argument for Belichick to go? In Belichick's eyes, probably. Because like, Belichick wants to do it with a Russian quarterback. Yeah. Like if, you, if Brady does go, does Belichick stay and say, Jarrett Stidham is my next challenge? No, he'll go for a, um, a tour or a... Yeah, Taste some hell. Or he want he wants a rushing like apparently he's been talking to everyone he can about how he'd love to have got Lamar and mm. he wasn't allowed to take Lamar. He had to take Sony Michelle <laughs> and all this like you know like wait yeah yeah no it was, was. yeah I? he took Sony yeah. Michelle at twenty nine and then the Ravens took mm. Lamar at thirty one mm. but he wasn't gonna give they didn't want him to like piss off Brady yeah and it's they've kind of shot themselves in the foot now because Brady is. On his way out, in some ways. Is he? Is he? 
And they don't have a backup. They have Stidham, who I think surely could be really good. Yeah, Sean Flashes, certainly. I think you'll ever really get the opportunity to show it, though. If he stays at the Patriots. Well, because Brady's going to play on until he's 45, he says, at least. Um, but I think um, was it Brady's dad put it best saying, yeah, Tom will want to play till he's 70 and it's all going to end badly. Yes. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's probably what it's going to be like. He's just such a fierce competitor and he wants to keep doing it. Yes. Mm. Speaking of keeping doing it, let's do this again sometime, shall we? Yes. Perhaps after next week's games? Yes. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. All right, then. We're good at making plans. Yeah. Are we? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was about to say, like, that's a, a bull-faced lie. Our, um, our, our marketing calendar for our Facebook page and the Twitter feed that I haven't used in, like, three months. And mm, okay, wonderful. Random times that we put podcasts out. Twitter, Twitter is your thing, yeah. Um, of course, it doesn't help that we both have our own jobs to do and everything like that. Yeah. Um, we're, we're purely doing this out of the love for it. And um, we're so happy to have all you guys along for the ride with us because this has been a fun as anything NFL season. And I can enjoy it now because the Patriots aren't in it anymore. Fantastic. Nice. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, thanks I'm, again, Darren. I really feel like it's going to get to like the third quarter of this Chiefs-Texans game. You're like, oh, Chiefs. <laughs> sick of the Chiefs. I'm so sick of the Chiefs. That, that Patrick Mahomes just really does my head in. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, But it's that, like 30-0 with yeah. like five minutes to go. It's like, you ruined my Sunday. That Lamar Jackson and his 18 spin moves and like just his amazing athletic ability. Oh, I's I'm so done with it. Yeah. I like how that person's from that area of Aberdeen as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that person was me, so... Yeah, um, yeah cool. So, yeah, once again, thanks very much, guys. And um, we will speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye.